So the title of my message this morning is Don't Lose Heart. I just believe that there's some people in here going through some stuff. You may come in here each Sunday with a smile on your face, but you're going through some stuff. And God recognizes that, and he knows that. And what's interesting is that the, the Bible is full of over-the-top stories of signs, wonders, and miracles. But it's not absent of the things that we need from day to day to day. Because we all know we go through some stuff. And no matter what you're going through, if you need encouragement, if you need hope, if you need faith, you need peace, whatever it could be, might be, it can be found in the pages of Scripture. But those tools are there so that we can use them. Before I get into the rest of my message, I want to take a minute just to plug uh, Cami Stone's message last week. She is right there. She preached a message last week, and it was titled, Little Decisions, Big Impact. And for about the next uh, 30 minutes or so, she proceeded to deliver a comedy act. It was like a little routine, and I thought, you mean I got to follow that up? But I highly recommend you listen to it. It's a powerful, powerful, powerful message that she really hit us with some hard truths, but we were laughing so much, uh, we didn't realize she was delivering that one-two punch. So when you left her, you thought, wow, she's really hitting us on, in, in the face with that. But we were laughing so hard, we didn't really pay attention to what she was saying. And so I think my message, I feel like my message is in large part a continuation of the message that she uh, delivered uh, probably a month, month and a half ago, two months ago. I was thinking about not really what I was going to preach next, but I was just, I, I know that uh, since we have a team of preachers, there's a handful of us who switch off. And so I was just, you know, thinking, okay, God, I know I'm going to have to preach soon. What is it you want me to talk about? And as I just stepped off the, really, I think I was in worship that morning, I stepped off the stage, and I just heard him say, let us not grow weary. And so this morning, I think God, as, as we're going through some stuff, like I said, we're experiencing other things. We're all going through different issues. Things have come in our life that, you know, are weighing on us, some, some heavily, some not. But no matter what, if you're not going through anything right now, you could be, not that I'm speaking that over here, but life can get tough at times. And so I think God just wants to remind us of some things this morning that he's wanting, as she said, to remove the uh, prune stuff off of our lives. And so that means there's a process of removing the dead stuff. But the Lord wants us to hold on to these words, and it's Galatians 6, 9, and I'm reading out of the NASB. So Galatians 6, 9, uh, reading out of the New American Standard, let's not become discouraged in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not become weary. I'll read that out of the New King James, because some people only speak in King James. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season... We shall reap if we do not lose heart. If we do not lose heart. You know, one doesn't typically lose heart overnight. You don't just wake up one morning and all of a sudden decide, I've had enough, that's it, I give up. No, it's just like Cammie said, the little things. It's the little things, the, the little disappointments, the little setbacks, the little what seeming failures. It's the little things that, that just sort of mount up over time again and again that cause us to lose heart. See, it starts with a thought. One thought, then a second thought, and then maybe some evidence to prove that second thought, right? And then things begin to chip away at once what was a solid truth in your life has now become a question of, is that really what God said? 
in the end, one small thought has fully grown and matured, and that bears fruit in our lives. See, it's not too hard of a thing to become disheartened. You know, something may not have turned out as we expected. Maybe we were looking and we had our eyes on a promotion and we just knew it was coming, but all of a sudden it didn't happen. Why? Maybe we had a relationship, there was a betrayal there, or you had a close confidant and then you find the relationship a little fractured and maybe unrecognizable. You know, maybe you've been believing for a breakthrough. Maybe you've been waiting on a prophetic promise that God has declared over your life and you just haven't seen it fulfilled yet. Or maybe you've been standing in the place where you need physical healing, but you have not seen it manifest in your body. See, many things can cause us to lose heart. When we're waiting for a thing, expecting a thing, it's just like this church is seeking to see revival. God spoke revival to our hearts. As we pray and as we believe, it doesn't mean we stop praying, we stop believing, but in the time of waiting on the revival, we could, if we're not careful, become disheartened. Because our expectations hasn't met the reality, or the reality hasn't met expectations. See, we're like, we're wanting something, but it hasn't quite happened yet. As Scripture says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. See, there's things that we want, there's things that we, that we need, and God has said those things. But in the span of time, they haven't happened, we begin to wonder, God, did you really say that? So I think God is just cautioning us right now to not... Lean to the disappointments. Don't listen to the disappointment talk. Don't let discouragement discourage you from what God has said. But he's wanting to restore hope in you. Do not grow weary. Don't grow weary. So it's not a hard thing to become disheartened. You think, oh, I could never do that. Life has a tendency of not playing out the way you think. And that can set in as disappointment. But God will use it for our good. See, so what does... One that lose heart. What does losing heart look like? I would say you don't expect the same. You don't ex- think it's going to experience the same. You don't, say, you don't pray the same way. You no longer expect God to move like he says he will do. You don't anticipate that things will work out well. See, we lose heart. We essentially lose expectancy in that area. Now, I may be expectant in one area, maybe of love and in mercy. But I might have a, a, a shortcoming. I might lose expectancy in, say, peace or joy if I'm going through something. So when we lose heart, we essentially lose expectancy. I don't want to be a person. We don't want to be a people who doesn't expect God to move and do what he says. See, if the enemy can just get you to not hope anymore, not anticipate anymore, to not expect anymore, the enemy wants to corrupt your fruit. But the Lord says, and let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Can you say amen? Let's look at growth. See, when you think about growth, you might think of personal growth. You know, maybe you're learning a new hobby. There's a new skill. You're developing a better habit. Uh, There's wealth growth, and all the people say amen. You mention wealth, and everybody's in attendance. Everybody's amening you. So there's wealth growth, and what that could be is learning how to say, yes, growth, you can grow wealth by learning how to save and learning how to spend wisely. Okay, I know you want a miracle. You want God to flood that bank account with a million dollars, but maybe first just don't buy that thing he said not to buy. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I've learned that from Pastor Lena. Uh, she thinks uh, interest is the devil. 
And so when I moved here, I learned to paying, paying. Yes, 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 yes. Well, I mean, I sort of meant that. Paying interest is the devil. And so when I came here, she said it, and I thought, I like that. Why would I pay for something? Like, you're not making, anyway, anyway, I, I digress. That's a whole other sermon. But we want the riches, but, you know, we don't want to take the practical steps of maybe just not spending that much. So then there's obviously physical growth. A baby, you know, grows to maturity. An animal, a plant, whatever it might be, there's an expansion or there's an increase. So growth obviously is a good thing, but not all growth is beneficial. See, we need the kind of growth that causes proper development. See, so how does something grow properly or grow at all? By feeding it, watering it, and nurturing it. See, there must be a support system established in order for something to grow. See, certain conditions and parameters and a set order must be met in order to see something grow. See, there's good growth, and then there's growth that is damaging. The Encyclopedia Britannica says this about growing. Growth is seldom random. Rather, it occurs according to a plan. Now, that may be your plan. It may be someone else's plan. Regardless, it's not random. It's, you may think you're not actively participating in feeding a, a bad habit or a bad thought, but the truth is you are. Things don't just happen. They're watered. They're fed. They're, they're fertilized. So I would say a good measure to see what, the, what, what true growth is is following his word in all things. So Paul in Galatians 6 is not saying don't grow, but rather he says specifically, don't grow in weariness. Why? Because weariness is a faith killer. I'm going to say that again. Weariness is a faith killer. In fact, the root word for weariness out of the Greek is to be inwardly foul or rotten. Yeah, exactly. Wow. The root word for weariness is to be inwardly foul or rotten. Is that what you want in your life? Is that the kind of the fruit we want to produce? No. See, we grow in weariness when we feed our minds with things like, well, I've been praying for that for such a long time, or I've been believing for that breakthrough for this amount of time or this healing, but it just hasn't happened. Or we think, it just shouldn't be this hard. If God loved me, why is life so difficult? Why didn't that person smile back at me when I smiled? What's going on with them? Why, why did they react that way when all I do is be loving and kind? See, we become weary when we focus on the things that add weight and heaviness to our souls and our minds. Weariness doesn't just grow out of times of difficult seasons. It can also happen in our pursuit of the Lord. What? Yes, it can also happen in our pursuit of the Lord. We can grow weary because of how we think a thing should happen, how we think a thing should work out. The timing I should see, I should see it on this date. We had someone many years ago, she needed a healing by a certain time, and she actually gave the Lord a date. You must do it by this date. Now, we all do it. Don't pretend you don't. We think, well, I need to be healed. Okay, God, if you could just heal me before this date, or you could heal me by that date. And, you know, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But it's not according to our plan. See, and in the span of waiting on what we think until the fulfillment of the promise, we can become weary. See, when he doesn't meet our timeline, we can find ourselves becoming weary. See, when my view of God 
and when my view of the outcome becomes negatively influenced when I become weary internally. When I become weary, all I can see is that the end result will be negative. It's not going to turn out like he said. That is becoming weary. My actions, my responses, my behaviors, and my speech is a product of what I've been feeding, watering, enforcing, supporting on the inside. See, if I don't give aid, if I don't give support to a negative thought, then negative thoughts can't grow. See, that's why the Bible says in Philippians 4.8, put your mind on these things. Philippians 4.8 says this, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So we keep pushing, we keep fighting, we keep pursuing truth. And we think upon those things, that this will be the fruit of our lips, not the negative things that just bring us to rot. The word says, you shall reap. See, this is a promise. This is a guarantee. You shall reap. The only condition is if we don't give up. That means if I continue to do what is good, well, what is good? Good is anything in his word and whatever he tells you to do. See, if I keep doing what is good, despite what I might see, I can be assured that something is going on because reaping equals a harvest. There is no harvest of good fruit unless growth has occurred. No one goes out into the field to harvest or reap an empty crop. No one goes out in the field to reap a rotten crop. It's waste. It's, it's, it's plowed over, done for. But we expect, because his word says, you shall reap. So it's a guarantee if we don't give up. So even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. Come on. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. You can't reap if nothing has been sown. What should we grow? I'll just repeat. Cammie's the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Don't spend that money. Against such things, there is no law. You have freedom and liberty to reap and grow as much of the fruit of the Spirit as you desire. See, Paul is writing to the Galatians and he's warning them, don't return to the law. Don't return to the old way of thinking. Don't return to the old pattern of doing things. Don't return to the ways that you were before you came to know the Lord. When Jesus comes into your life, we can no longer pretend that what the life we used to live is appropriate in the life we now live in him because we are now in Christ Jesus. Amen? So Paul is telling him, don't return to the old way. Don't do the old things, the old way of thinking, but to remember the freedom that they now walk in. See, what he says in Galatians, that just the chapter before in chapter 5, he talks about there are two ways to live. One, we can live according to the Spirit, or we can live according to our flesh. And so he describes how the two look. See, I believe that it's much harder to see the fruit of the Spirit developed because it's so much easier to produce what's in our flesh. It's just natural. It's what we have a tendency to do. Now, I'm not saying you can't or it won't. I'm just saying there must be a, a, a conscious effort to allow the Spirit to develop fruit on the inside of us. See, the Word says that we must crucify our flesh and allow the Spirit to produce fruit in us. It doesn't say just be passive, but we must crucify 
our flesh. See, it takes some effort. It takes some intention. Paul says to him, hey, I know it's not easy, but don't grow weary in doing what is good. See, what's not said there, but I can definitely tell you it's just as true, is that he does desire and he does hope that you would grow weary, that you would become tired of doing those things which are of no benefit to you. See, while Paul is saying don't grow weary in doing those things that are good, he's saying please grow weary in the things that only feed your flesh because they are of no benefit. Paul says in verse 519 of Galatians, the sins of the flesh are obvious, apparent, clear. That actually the word in the Greek means shining. Sins of the flesh are so apparent, they shine. They shine. So we must be careful of what we are planting in our own lives. We need to be cautious of what's being produced in us. We can produce fruit of the Spirit, which is good, or fruit from our flesh, which we learned earlier is rotten. Absolutely rotten. So be careful of the pressures that the enemy would come to you and cause you to become weary concerning the word of God over your life. I can assure you that the enemy wants to rob you. His ultimate desire is to rob you of the harvest that God promises. In due season, there is a due season. So there's a promise of reaping, but it's in its due season. And according to Scripture, times and seasons are what? In his hands. There's a message that I preach, it's called Kairos, and we know that that's God's appointed time. See, there is a season, there is a season where you will reap, but it's in due season. It's in his timing, not in the timing you choose. Let's think about when a a mother becomes pregnant. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in here. When a mother becomes pregnant, what we want is what a doctor gives, a due date. How many know that's just not going to happen? The doctor can want a date, the mom can want a date, the father can want a different date, but we know that baby's going to come when it wants to outside of a doctor doing what? The C-section, right? But, but naturally, we know that there's no such thing as a due date, but that's what we want. And so when we're wanting things to happen at a certain time, we can find ourselves fatigued, we can find ourselves weary. See, we want a due date, not a due season. But in due season, we will reap a harvest. We want to know the day the moment, the hour, and if it doesn't occur when we think it should, we can and become discouraged. I found this quote that I just, I loved. It just sort of sums up what I've sort of been reading lately, and it's, the Bible is not a book of rules, but a bag of seeds that will produce harvest for any area of your life. Amen? The Bible is not a book of rules, but a bag of seeds that will produce harvest for any area of your life. Have you ever thought about this, that seeds can only grow when they're put in a dark place? I don't mean spiritual darkness. I mean the seed is hidden in the ground. See, it can only break forth after it's planted in the right soil. See, there's such a thing as called a seed dormancy. Seeds can lie dormant for years if germination doesn't occur. See, if the proper requirements or the conditions aren't met, seeds can, can lie dormant for 50 to 100 years. That's a long time. 
See, that's how we can relate to seeds of faith being planted in our heart. See, but all the right conditions must be met for them to flourish. See, if, if we're not ready to receive, it's just like the Bible says that in Mark 4.20, and those are the ones sown with seed on the good soil, and they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100. It's about the condition of your heart, the condition of the soil of your heart. Until the right parameters are met, the seed cannot break forth. But when all things come into alignment, we agree with his word, things can break forth. See, we are called to reap a harvest, but the enemy wants to come in and snatch it. See, he wants to discourage you. He wants to bring discouragement to pressure you to give up before your due season. Your due season is coming. The due season of this house is coming. I, I declare the healing revival that God has said will come to season. It will come to pass if we don't grow weary. Even in the midst of contending for revival, you can grow weary. You can become tired. Do things change? No, I'm still praying. I'm still hoping. I'm still believing. It reminds me, God is just doing this thing in my life. The last probably five, six months, I've, I've kind of lost track. All of a sudden, God is just was beginning to move in my heart. Uh, it just started one day. I, I can't remember what happened. I just began to weep. I thought, well, this is strange. What's going on? So just at odd times, I would begin to worship. Someone would say his name, and I would just begin to weep. And I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? See, God is wanting to tenderize our hearts. He's wanting to get us into a place of intimacy again. See, he's wanting to break off discouragement. He's wanting to break off weariness. Uh, I went to a uh, Bethel worship night last, I think it was a week or so ago, and uh, they happened to be doing the song Back to Life, uh, which I love that song. And so all throughout the, the worship time, it was good. It was really great. Um, but like I, I was, I don't know, the sound was kind of strange. It was just a little too low for me. I was struggling to hear it. So I'm like, y'all need to crank this thing up. I need to hear this. And then all of a sudden, the, the girl who wrote uh, the song or, or, or sings the song, she actually lives here in Houston. And she came out to lead Back to Life. And she just started with her testimony. She just said, I have struggled with depression for four or five years. She goes, and God just delivered me from it four months ago when they happened to say, hey, would you lead this song? And so she begins to sing the song, and like all of a sudden, God just washed over me, just washed. I began to just weep, and I, you know, like, even though, like, you want to have the intimacy time with God, there's, like, people around you. You don't want them to think you're bizarre. Like, the lady next to me is like, what's this dude doing? What's wrong with him? So, you know, you're in a mixed crowd, so I'm just like, Lord, God, do it. And all of a sudden, I just heard the words, that's what I'm doing to you. I'm bringing you back to life. See, I didn't even know I wasn't back to life. There's, I wasn't doing anything different, but there was, there was just something that, that the intimacy had just waned a little bit. I let things set in, and they just sort of pulled me away. I still loved the Lord. I still pressed in. I still believed for revival, but there was just a disconnect on my heart, and he's saying, I'm bringing you back to life, and I think that's what he wants to do with us in the midst of circumstances, in the midst of trials, in the midst of what seems difficult or that you might not overcome. He is saying, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap a harvest. See, we are called to reap, but the enemy wants to dissuade us, discourage us, disappoint us. Sowing and reaping. What you reap, what you sow. If we, we sow in, in the flesh, we reap in the flesh. If we sow in the spirit, we reap in the spirit. See, Jesus says that depending on our receptivity to truth, we shall see varying degrees of fruitfulness. I wanted to demonstrate what this scripture really looks like when you break it down and you, you realize like what 
the the root words are and all that. And unfortunately, my um, when I got here, I, I was going to get some rope, uh, but I went to the, the closet and realized, I think I threw it out, so it's gone. So I hate it that I don't have it because it was a really good visual. So think of a tug of war. Okay, so you, the, the rope is the promise. The, the end of the rope, if someone's on the other end, is the harvest time, okay? So you, you're holding on to that rope, and there's a tug of war back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you, you start to just get a little bit tired, a little bit tired, so your grip slips just a little bit, but you, you pull it back, okay? You're starting to get a little bit tired, a little bit weird, but you're, you're, still, you're still in the fight. But then the tension the, the gets a little bit longer, and, and you're, just get, just, you're just a little tired that day, so the, the, the rope slips out of your hand just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit, until you finally just let go. That is actually what the word means there. That you get so beat down, you get so tired that you let go of what God has said. Don't grow weary in well-doing. See, I've become too tired to hold on to the promise. It's just too much. It's too heavy. It's been too long. And so I just have to let go. I'm just internally, I'm at my end. I have to let it go. See, the enemy wants you to let go of what's in your hand. That is losing heart. The enemy wants you to let go of what you possess in your hand that the Lord has given you. If he can just get you to let go, he's satisfied. See, he wants to rob all that God wants to do in your life. If he can corrupt your fruit, then that's good for him. This is losing heart. So my question is, what have you let go of? What have you let go of? You just think, it's just not going to happen. I'm not going to get my breakthrough. I'm not going to get my healing. I'm not going to overcome this addiction. I'm not going to overcome this circumstance. Things will never change. This relationship will never get better. What have you let go of? God is saying, pick up the rope again. Pick up the promise again. Get back into the fight. Get back into the race. Finish well. So let's not become weary. Hosea 4, 6 says this. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. See, when you look at the word lack there, it actually means to wear out. Destroyed means to be brought to silence. How are my people destroyed? By not knowing him and following his ways. But people chose to follow their own way. That is how people are destroyed. Because they don't follow what the Lord says. I'm going to just end with these two scriptures. This is going to tell you how to avoid losing heart. John 15, 7 says this, If you remain, if you abide in me, and my words remain or abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Hebrews 3, 15 says this, Today, if you hear his voice, and do not harden your heart. Stand with me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for anyone in this room today that has grown weary. We thank you that your grace is sufficient, that you are able to give us strength where we lack strength, God. And so in whatever area, God, that we have laid down, whatever area we've become discouraged, whatever area, God, we may have lost heart in, God, we just say as a congregation, as a people, Lord, we ask for your strength and your grace and your mercy. Lord, show us the places that we've let go of that we may repent of that, God, that we would come into alignment with your word, God. Lord, we want nothing in our lives that, that hinders or inhibits the flow uh, of your promise of in due season. God, I thank you, Lord, that we shall reap 
a harvest in due season. And so we thank you that times and seasons are in your hand, God. We thank you that our lives are in your hands, God. And so, Lord, we just remind ourselves of how good you are. We remind ourselves of how great you are, God. Lord, as we hear your voice, we will not harden our hearts, but we will lean not to our own understanding, but we always acknowledge you. So, Father, I thank you, Lord. Where we've become weary, you give us strength. And if we've lost heart, we pick it up again, God. We pick back up the promise that you have spoken over us. And as a, as a, as a people, as a, as a congregation today, Lord, we say that we just agree with heaven this morning. That of those who need healing shall be healed. Those who need deliverance shall be delivered. Those who need hope shall receive hope. Those who need joy shall receive joy. So I just thank you, Lord, that this church shall experience the revival that you've promised. And Lord, we just again remind ourselves that you are for us and not against us. And so, Lord, we declare that we shall not grow weary, that we shall reap and do harvest because we are not going to give up. Never give up. Amen, amen.